Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where it's scary how much we love books. I'm Meredith. I'm Susan. I'm Jeanette. And I'm Tara. Hi, ladies. How are you today? Good. So good. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, I... I had so much fun at Y'all Fest. Wasn't Y'all Fest amazing? <laughs> Y'all Fest was the best. Yeah. It in, um, guys. We recorded it a little early last month because we would be out of town when we normally recorded. So we said oh we'd give God, you an I update. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> we said we'd give listeners an update and it was awesome. It was a long day of standing and walking, but an awesome day. We got to meet authors and go to talks and got a lot of advanced reader copies I mean, well, I mean, I got like six, but Tara, how many did you get? I won. That's all you need to know. <laughs> we had a competition between the five people who were there, and I won that competition. Now, um, I got like 28. Was it 28? That nice. sounds that right. much? Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't know how you were carrying all of those books My back day. hurt so much <laughs> by the end of it. Um, I actually skipped the last talk so I could go back early and drop them all off because I was like this I can't even for a second longer but uh it was just so phenomenal of a day I had so much fun talking to uh new friends in line talking to authors at really really relaxed situations like that bit biscuit and like author breakdown we went to in the beginning of the day oh yeah Mm -hmm. it was so a, a unique opportunity to have real meaningful um, conversations with them as opposed to just, I mean, I love the panels. Don't get me wrong. I love panels, but as opposed to just listening to them, uh, talk on a panel. So uh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. So if you ever have a chance, definitely check out y'all fest in Charleston. And then there's also y'all West somewhere out in the West of the U S <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Sounds like fun. Jealous. I'm yeah. and I'm over Sounds here, like you know, just being a parent. <laughs> well, go, go to Y'all West. I'll come with you. I'll book a ticket. Let's go. It's, it was so well, much fun. It was definitely worth it. I think Y'all West is in San Diego. I love San Diego. Um, uh, yeah, maybe I, I'll go. Maybe we'll 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 see when it is next um, year. Yeah, <laughs> it is Excellent. Santa Monica, and it's in April. Santa Monica, close to San Diego. Not sure I can swing that, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, can you believe this is our fourth end of year episode? Fourth? Like, yeah, this is our fourth. That's, I mean, it's a lot. (laughs) Is this? It's our fifth year, but is this our? I thought it was our fourth end of year episode. No, it's our fifth. specifically into year yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i mean i don't know if the first december we did an end of year wrap-up or not but this would be our fifth december episode yeah i can't count clearly (laughs) i went back into our podcast and i actually thought i counted but i i clearly didn't so i'm sorry first year if it's our fifth that's even crazier to me yeah crazier to me that's even crazier (laughs) yeah it's nuts (laughs) I mean, we're all hats by now, you know? <laughs> Clearly. So, yay. That's, that's really exciting. I have a lot of fun here. <laughs> so, how are you doing, Jeanette? Yeah. Um, I'm, 
awesome. It's the holiday season as we're recording this. I love the holiday season. Everybody knows that, but I do. And I'm so super excited to be back recording with everybody. I've missed you guys the past couple of months. We missed yeah, you too. That's right. I know. Series of life circumstances, but I'm yeah. here and I'm so glad to see you. Yay. It's exciting. It's <laughs> always nice when the four of us are on. <laughs> it is. So, um, but so what have you been reading since you have been absent the past couple of months, Jeanette? <laughs> um, I've been really reading, you know, fair amount. And clearly I'm going to list all those books for you. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, I just finished two great books this week. I finished I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter by Erica L. Sanchez. Um, it's about a girl named Julia who is not exactly rebellious, but she's a snarky and opinionated girl, unlike her sister Olga, who was the perfect daughter, wanting to follow their parents' wishes, stay near home. But Olga dies early in the book, that's not a spoiler, and Julia finds some things that her sister was hiding, and her frustration at not knowing more contributes to her growing grief and depression. So it's got a lot of um, mental health stuff that's really important and it's so relatable in the way she has conflicts with her parents and I just really enjoyed it. The other one was Funny and Farsi by Firuze Duma, which is a memoir about her family's move from Iran to the U.S. and she shares stories about being an immigrant but also stories about just her family and growing up and getting married and just as the title suggests, it's full of humor, it's full of warmth and love and it was delightful. Mm. So I recommend awesome. both those. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. what about you, Tara? I'm really excited for yours because I, I thought I was going to be the only one who liked it. <laughs> so um, I finally read Children of Blood and Bone, um, which I know I am so late to the game. I am just wildly late to this. Um, but that's OK, because as you all know, I've had a terrible reading like two years uh, <laughs> at it reading. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've. I read that this month, this month. It is so unbelievably good. If you like me have been sleeping on this book for God's sake, stop right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's so genius. And the second one just came out. Yes. um, Like last week. Yeah. Last week. Um, And so now is a great, great time. It's actually the perfect time to read it. The Mm -hmm. perfect time to read it. Because you can just binge through two books and you know you love it. You know you love when you can do that. Um, I actually got a chance to hear the author, Tomi, speak last night here in Atlanta. And she is just a genius. Like, phenomenal. I was so grateful to be in that audience. It was uh, Nick Stone was interviewing her, but it was more really like an open Q&A with the audience. And the questions that she was given and the responses. And she's just, both of them actually are just so phenomenal. Um, Yeah, a lot, a lot of food for thought. And she said one of the reasons she wrote this book is that there's a lot of books about black people, right? But that Mm -hmm. none of them are really escapism books. Um, Mm -hmm. She said that. You know, she read a lot of books about people but that looked like her, but they had to go through horrible things or had, were heroic, but had to go through like extreme struggle. And she's like, I never, they were important and they were great, but I never wanted to be any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really got me thinking, can I think of a Jewish character, main character 
that is not in a Holocaust novel or a novel that like goes back to the Holocaust. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly can't think of one. Um, but it's not quite the, it's not, it's definitely not the same because I can pretend, you know, as long as like the character is not obviously Christian, I can, you know, I can just insert myself if I want to. But that, that was just, you know, it, she said, she says so many amazing things. I really can't even get into it, but it was unreal how good that talk was. So yeah, if you're sleeping on children of but and uh, blood and bone. Stop right now. Turn off this podcast. Go read <laughs> don't that turn book. Turn off this podcast. Finish um, the I'm podcast kidding. first. Maybe finish don't the episode and then fine, turn off fine. the podcast. Finish <laughs> the episode, then turn off the podcast and immediately, immediately download Children of Blood and Bone. And P.S. If you are an Audible listener, um, you all know I jump back between a hard copy and Audible typically to read. Um, mm-hmm. The Audible is so good. It's done by a cast... There are several POVs in the book. It's done by a cast with Nigerian accents, and it's really, really phenomenal to listen to. Oh, that's awesome. That's good mm-hmm. to know. Yeah, so definitely. If I wanted to do a reread, I was thinking about the audiobook. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's great. It's really great. Awesome. Cool. How about you? Well, I'm so glad you liked it because I like that one. <laughs> I'm definitely interested to see where she takes this second book because how the first book ends, you're like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the first no book ends spoilers. in an interesting way. Yeah. yeah. I would like to see the second one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I actually just finished uh, my first arc from Y'all Fest. Ooh. And it was uh, Of Curses and Kisses by Sandhya Menon. And it's actually a Beauty and the Beast retelling that's Yay. set at an international <laughs> boarding school in Colorado. Yeah. And. Yeah, it was super cute. Oh, I loved it. I mean, but I, I love her romance books. They're just, they're so sweet. And I just like how she writes the banter and just the relationship as it grows. It just warms my heart. And it was just, yeah. just the right thing I needed after the last couple of books I had read. Uh, so that comes out on February 18th. So add it to your TBR or maybe even go pre-order it through your favorite bookstore. Because it'll be yeah. here before you know it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's That's already weirdly December. true. <laughs> right? I, I really, Isn't that crazy? Uh, it's nuts. I, I thought that, that Meredith's um, introduction of Curses and Kisses really shows all of our personalities, uh, where we wooed at different times in her description. <laughs> <laughs> it's got something for everyone. Yes, <laughs> I really need to start, like, getting into my arcs. From Yalfest, or I've never. I was thinking maybe one a week, uh, but that might be too for the next two, three years, something yeah. like that. <laughs> something like that. It's a lot. How about you, Susan? How yeah. you doing? I'm good. Um, I am going way back um, with my rereads, and I'm rereading the Little House series at the moment. Aww. Yeah, it is so delightful and just so light and. A lot, like, I, I even put in my reviews, I'm like, I, this is dated. There are things oh, yeah. that they talk about that it's not okay anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I want to think of it as, like, a learning lesson, right? Like, yeah, they didn't know any better. They were very closed-minded. Let's not be like the past, like these people were thinking. Let's be better mm-hmm. than that, you know? So Let's learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. So I am on these happy golden years. So this is just before she gets married to Almanzo. Um, 
But yeah, it's it's so great to like revisit these books. I love them so much. <laughs> yeah, oh, I loved okay. those as a kid too. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like she. I mean, it's like really great children's books, right? Like just enough description. It's not heavy on that, and it's like not too simple sentencing, and it doesn't go like deep into things that it shouldn't. It's just like, this is a day in the life of a pioneer girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like weirdly interesting to read about. Like, this is what they did on the farm. And I'm fascinated. Like, this is how they churn butter. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that is oddly fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> so, yet, you know, when you go into other denser books, when you're older, you're like, okay, I don't need to know about how many strokes you do in a butter churn to make butter right so yeah um good stuff uh however i think the last one last book i finished in the series only put me at like 54 books in my uh red for the year and my challenge was 65 (laughs) i know i'm so behind graphic Um, novels graphic novels yeah, it's just I need audiobooks. I've been so busy. Like, work is the only time I can, like, really read a book, you know? Mm-hmm. So, the 11th Hour Readathon is coming up. Yay! Yes! Maybe I can catch up. Maybe. <laughs> Best time to try. Yep. Um, which will be December 21st to December 22nd from 8 a.m. to 8 a.m. Um, if you need an extra push like me... Uh, I'm sure like some of you guys. (laughs) Or you're a helpless cause like me and decided you really do need to get a couple more in there just so you don't look so weak for the year. (laughs) Like, I did read, right? Um, This is the perfect time to uh, give you that last push before the year ends. Um, There will be a prize for U.S. participants to whoever reads the most during this time, and the prize will be the winner's choice from the books we have read from 2019. And we read some good ones, you guys. We mm-hmm. read some interesting books too. Like it is, it's actually really diverse. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we have a pretty diverse selection. Were we looking for the word eclectic? Oh, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it'll be a good time. It's a lot of fun. Super low key. Uh, our focus is just to you know get those books read. So, um, yeah, and. Let's see. Our 2019 books, just so people will know, they are Educated, Good Omens, City of Ghosts, Signal to Noise, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, A Thousand Mornings, The Importance of Being Earnest, The City in the Middle of the Night, Scarlet Pimpernel, The City of Brass, Orlando, The Tenth Girl. So I think this is like a fantastic selection. We may have not loved every single one of them, but I think it's a really cool list for there's like a little bit of something for everyone it really is yeah. yeah and what if what's interesting about that is like even the ones that would be like from the same genre are really different oh incredibly different yes. mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. i agree yeah i mean the city of brass and good omens are like <laughs> wildly different but... exactly i was looking at the scarlet pimpernel and orlando mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. are probably the closest yep. that mm-hmm. one would be to another yep um and you wildly different yes yeah it's very true but i was thinking both like of those are kind of like historical novels but still super different Mm -hmm. very different so is the importance of being earnest more related to the scarlet pimpernel than orlando or 
Hmm. Or maybe Orlando's closer to the importance of being earnest. Hmm. I think the Scarlet Pimpernel will be closer to Ernest. I think. It's interesting, Probably, right? Yeah. That's an interesting but thought. Orlando, uh, yeah. A topic for another day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we can just keep going, you know? <laughs> um, so what have your ladies' be- um, favorites been this year? Oh, this was so hard. This was really hard. It was like picking a baby because I have, um, I have like four in here that are to me like just I, I love them. Um, I I'm just gonna list them and then I'm gonna tell you my favorite. I loved Educated and Good Omens and the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and oh five sorry and the City in the Middle of the Night and City of Brass. Like those five to me are like these were actually phenomenal. Um, I would reread all of them. It was really hard because I think about Educated a lot. But when I think Hmm. about, like, which book I would recommend the most, the one I just adored as I was reading it, it was The Seven Husbands of Mm. Evelyn Hugo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That book was so entertaining. Like, just pure, gorgeous, beautiful escapism with a pretty good twist. Yep. Um, In fact, a pretty good twist uh, towards the end. And it was, you kind of see it coming, but like maybe you don't understand how you see it coming. And it's, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just a, just a very decadent book, which I just, mm, yeah, found it it hard to put down. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Same. (laughs) So how about Jeanette Meredith? Any favorites? Well, I was originally going to say City of Ghosts because it surprised me. Um, you know, I don't read a whole lot of middle grade stuff and a lot of the stuff I remember, it's like fun for nostalgic purposes, but like, I don't see myself rereading it all the time, but City of Ghosts, like surprised me. It made me think a lot about different things that I didn't expect to think about. Um, and of course I love V. Schwab, so, you know, <laughs> was gonna say that, but then looking back on it, the title that kept giving me the most happiness every time I looked at it was the importance of being earnest and I just I love that one and I know that it was a reread so maybe that's cheating but it was so much fun to revisit and getting to talk about it with you guys all over again was hilarious and it's fun that every time you talk about a book you love new stuff comes up and so sharing our Bunbury stories was really (laughs) fun it was just a great time You know, that was very like condo esque of you. Which <laughs> book sparked you the most joy? Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because I've never read that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I think I think Sue and I are on kind of the same wavelength. What what was your favorite, Sue? Oh man. Like this is the one I kept looking at the list. I'm like, I gotta be fair. But always comes back to good omens. Mm-hmm. Man, did I love that book. <laughs> It's um, so good. It was a fun so one. Fun. It's like deep, you know, on a lot of different levels, but it didn't feel stuffy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 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 show coming out, you know, didn't hurt because it's actually that was just good. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I completely agree. It's funny though because as we were going through these, I realized probably my top three are the three that you ladies picked. Mm -hmm. So I was going to go with Good Omens because I felt like this was my first read of it. And Mm -hmm. I got to read it right before the show came out and it was just lovely and just wonderful. 
And then I also liked City of Ghosts, obviously because I'm a Schwab fan, but I hadn't read any middle grade in forever. And it was really fun to kind of get back into that headspace. And so that one was an interesting read. And then also, yeah, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo was just so readable and slightly ridiculous sometimes, but so good. <laughs> yeah. So I would say those would be my top three. They're all great books, ladies. I, I agree. <laughs> um, I did love Educated, but I can't see myself rereading it. Oh, it was an intense that was, book. It was, it was really intense. But oh my God, so good. So intense. I was just like, oh, it's just, it just gives me such stress to thinking about it. I mean, there's yeah, good it, things to think about. And yeah. That's the thing is it stressed me out so much as I read it. I was like, I just, yeah, I, but I think I couldn't revisit that. <laughs> a good, important book though. So I think, yeah, I would recommend it to people if they like run into like memoirs and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. so we kind of touched on it while we were talking, but like, we love to talk about books and we love to talk about the same things over again because new things always come up. (laughs) Um, so we've had our general book talks and sometimes we're on an episode and sometimes we're not, we have extra thoughts. Did you ladies have any extra thoughts, last minute thoughts that you wanted to give? Hmm. Oh man. What a great question. <laughs> Do I have any last minute thoughts mm-hmm. that I want to give about any of these books? Yep. I don't know. So um, We talked a lot during Educated about the place of memoirs and rereading memoirs, actually. We, we talked about this, like whether you're like books like this and books like Blood at the Root, which have disturbing elements in them. Right. Or her book about disturbing things like blood at the root um, and whether or not, you know, we, we hesitate about whether to say we like them. And I've actually given that a lot of thought this year. Strange. Mm. Interesting. Um, and I've, I've decided to just lean in, even if a book is hard or, um, I'm not going to be afraid to say if the material's hard that I, that I just liked it. Um, I, you know, it, it's terrible and it's um, sad sometimes and it's disturbing sometimes, but um, yeah, I don't know if I, I, I I'm going to stop associating liking a book with enjoying its content in an escapism way. Mm. And I and, and since our conversation educated, I've really thought about that a lot. And so I've decided to just, yeah, lean in. Nice. I liked educated. I liked Blood at the Root. I think they're important books. And yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think you cool. can like a book without, you know, kind of endorsing its subject matter. Right. Um, yep. And I, what's interesting is um, I've recently read The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls, oh, okay. which has mm. a sort of similar topic to Educated. It's a family that's very um, kind of off the walls. And um, there is a certain amount of like child neglect and parenting styles like that's very like hands off in, in the same sense of Educated. And But there is a different 
tone under it. And I would say that I really liked The Glass Castle more than I liked Educated because the different tone didn't give me as much anxiety as Educated did. Mm. Okay. So right. Interesting. It's, and it's not like, oh, well, I thought this child's neglect was better than that child neglect, so I like yeah. it. <laughs> but it, the book itself, I enjoyed more. So I, I guess you can like a book and not love the content. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. I, I literally had this conversation with Colson Whitehead as he was signing my copy of The Underground Railroad at the National Book Festival a few years ago. Because I was like, I feel weird saying that I really liked this book since it's like about slavery and all these terrible things. But it was so compelling and so well written. And he was like, I get you. I, I know what you mean. And pretty, I'd have to I'd have to look back. I think he when he he signed it and I think he said, I'm glad you liked and like put it in quotations. Aww. I'm glad you liked the book. That's cute. That's cute. It's nice that they understand that, you know? It's like, this this is a heavy topic, but I'm glad the writing compelled you to read more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyone else have other last minute thoughts? So, this thought came to me because I am reading Brit Marie Was Here by Frederick Bachman. Um, He was the author of A Man Called Uva. So mm-hmm. this time it's an, an old lady, not an old man. But <laughs> okay. She is like completely endearing to me. Um, and I was, it just hit me. I was like, I would love to read a book written by Frederick Bachman and Rainbow Rowell. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> co-authored conversation. Yeah. Who would we want to mix with who? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That is an interesting one. The characters would be so fascinating and their interaction because like they're similar but different for sure, you know? Mhm. And mm-hmm. so it's like, oh, what would what kind of book would they write? Man, it, I mean, it'd be a sob fest. So Oh yeah. No, you know. It would be it would killed my heart (laughs) you know this was one of the ones where i thought our listeners actually had phenomenal ideas yeah who should be Mm -hmm. paired with who too very creative combinations yeah this was a great conversation now that i'm thinking back on it it was a good conversation Mm -hmm. uh another one of our general book talks i enjoyed was our talk on genre Mm. and i thought it was just interesting you know how the genre categorization has changed over the years. And, you know, and maybe we talked about it, I don't remember, but just how how the the genre of a book can change your perception of it or give you an mm. idea of what you think it'll be when you go into it and how mm. that can be good or bad. <laughs> yeah, I think we touched on that. Yeah, I don't know how deep I, we got into that. So sounds familiar. That might be a yeah. good topic for next year. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. I think you're right. And that was a fun talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, okay. I mean, what is the new genre called? I know we talked about it in new depth. New adult. New adult. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> talked about we new adult. We did talk about that. Oh. Nobody, I, I'm not quite sure, if that, to use the language of the kids, I'm not sure if that's been canceled or not. I, I'm not quite sure. Um, I don't know if it ever quite started was the problem. Yeah. 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 I'm not quite sure where we are with that. Uh, but genres is an interesting living thing. Yep. Yeah, it's always changing. Influence. But like, I forget what I was reading, but I was like, oh, it's that. Oh, my God. What is that new genre called? I was thinking like, it's not new age. It's not like I, I couldn't I couldn't think of it. Like, we, we talked about this at length. 
It's just fiction that isn't pretentious. That's yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. So yeah. uh, we can go on and on. But there's yeah. one more thing that I'm curious about because, um, you know, we read other books outside of book club. Um, and I'm curious as to know what was your favorite book of 2019 just as a whole? This is super late to the game, but it, right now it's Children of Blood and Bone. Like, I'm so obsessed. <laughs> I'm just so obsessed and so late to the game. Um, but yeah, I love it. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For me, this one was really, really hard. I read a lot of really, really good books, especially at the beginning of the year. And it might be Dear Martin by Nick Stone. Mm, yeah. It covers a lot of important topics. It kind of snuck up on me emotionally. Like at the beginning, I was like, why? And then by the end, I'd be like turning page and finding myself crying or something like that. Mm. Like it really snuck up on me. And I, um, it's one that we started teaching at my school recently. Oh, Last nice. year, oh, teachers nice. taught it in English 9 for uh, the first time. And kids, even kids who didn't like reading were like this this is a book that I could like reading. This is a book yeah. I'm enjoying and I get to teach it this year. So I'm really looking forward to that. Nice. That's oh, awesome. That's yeah. cool. you, she, she's just came out with a new book, right? Jackpot. Jackpot. Yeah. I haven't read that mm -hmm. one yet. I read yeah. the other one um, between Dear Martin and Jackpot, but uh, Dear Martin, it's just, Oh no, it's a phenomenal book. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one, was really tough. I, I was scrolling through my Goodreads to see what what have I read this year, and so much, right? I mean, <laughs> I've read a bunch of good, like good solid books, right? Yep. But I was like, what is standing out to me as like amazing or excellent? Um, and so I went all the way back to the beginning of the year, and uh, I read the trilogy of Sleeping Giants, and I read them via audiobook, and they were really engrossing. And I read them like back to back to back um, within just probably a few days because they're pretty short, uh, but they were really good. And, and maybe it's also because my husband was reading them at the same time. And so like he read the first one and he was like, oh my gosh, you have to read this. I need to talk to you about Aww. this and I can't talk to you about it because you haven't read it. And so then I had to read it right <laughs> after him. So that was, those were really fun. Um I also, when I was looking back through, I was like, oh, yeah, I finished the Jacoby series this year, too. And uh -huh. so, like, the Dire King, like, gave me the feels because then it was over. <laughs> but if we're talking about, I did do a fair amount of rereads this year. So if we're talking about rereads. I fell even more in love with The Lies of Locke Lamora during my reread. Aww. And I did the audiobook, And yeah. it was fantastic. Nice. Some good books. Oh, man. <laughs> um. Mine was actually a nonfiction book. Whoa. Mm. Well, you know, <laughs> but it's Becoming by Michelle Obama. Mm. And it was so fascinating and compelling, like how she grew up and like kind of her determination and like her um, headstrongness and just like her getting through school, uh, meeting Barack and like kind of handling being first lady, like it was really interesting to read. Like I like want her in my life, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to be like, hey, you're doing this wrong. <laughs> you teach me everything, Michelle. Pretty teach much. Me. 
um, it was really fascinating. Um, really interesting look into her life and how she grew up and how she grew up to be the person that she is because hmm. she is a fantastic person, I think. Um, and kind of knowing her background and how she grew up and kind of the things because she grew up in Chicago. Um, I forget which side, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, n- not having a lot of means and stuff. So it was really cool to see just like hard work, determination and just like a quiet strength. She has like this quiet strength that I really admire. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Um, I, that's been on my list. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, Audio book. She narrates it. Yeah, mm. that's like my favorite part about all the political books. Yeah. Is that all of them narrate it and mm-hmm. you're just hearing it coming from them directly is just so good. Yes. Um, yep. I love all the Hillary Clinton books mm. and Becoming's been on my been on my list, but you know. You'll get there. We do what we can. <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of doing what we can. Um <laughs> It's that time. <laughs> it's that time. So <laughs> Usually, when we start talking about our main reads, we write our own synopsis, but because I actually want to give you guys the synopsis given to us um, to, to talk so that we can like really talk to what were our expectations about mm. this book and where, yeah. okay. where did it end up. So I, I'm going to read you literally the synopsis that is on Goodreads. Um, so th- this month, we read The Tenth Girl by Sarah Faring. Um, and the synopsis goes, simmering in Pantagonian myth, the 10th girl is a gothic psychological thriller with a haunting twist. At the very southern tip of South America looms an isolated finishing school. Legend has it that the land will curse those who settle there. But for Mavi, a bold Buenos Aires native, fleeing the military regime that took her mother, it offers an escape to a new life as a young teacher to Argentina's elite girls. Mavi tries to embrace the strangeness of the imposing house, despite warnings not to roam at night, threats from an enigmatic young man, and rumors of mysterious others. But one of Mavi's ten students is missing, and when students and teachers alike begin to behave as if possessed, the forces haunting this unholy cliff will no longer be ignored. One of these spirits holds a secret that could unravel Mavi's existence. In order to survive, she must solve a cosmic mystery and then fight for her life. All right. <laughs> so that was the synopsis as given to us. Um, let, let's, let's start out with our normal question. What was one thing that stood out to you guys in this book? That I guess I don't, I must've not actually read the Goodreads synopsis before I read it, but now that you read that to me and that's how you're supposed to go into the book, that just makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the question, Mary. <laughs> that's the, that's the what stood out to me right now. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair, fair. I have to hand it to her. The writing was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. The descriptions, how she describes things. Um, cause there were points, cause I listened to the audiobook, and there are points mm. where like, I was like kind of drawn, drawn in with the description of what she's talking about. Mm. So mm-hmm. Patagonia and the mansion are beautifully described. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautifully talked through. Yeah. Uh, throughout so. the entire book. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How well her, good her writing was did stand out to me. Yeah. Ditto. 
Jeanette. And it's a debut. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exa- yeah. Uh, so, um, for transparency's sake, I have to admit that I did not actually read this book. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the reason why is because it was billed as a horror with a lot of content warnings that would have um, set off some anxiety for me. Mm. And I like sleeping. So, I fair. did not That's read fair. this book. <laughs> but um, I read um, some highlights and, uh, well, I've read a lot of highlights <laughs> uh, thanks to our wonderful Meredith, who is a very good highlighter. <laughs> Probably an over-highlighter, but hey, it's why you get a Kindle, right? <laughs> um, no, it's, that's fair. And it's, um, I actually had the same thought about the writing as Susan because it is billed as a gothic horror. And it, the writing reminded me a lot of that gothic style, mm-hmm, like things definitely. that we've read in school, things that, um, for example, like um, the Brontes. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I thought the writing style um, was really, really, like it really reflected what she was going for. Right. So it was atmospheric. Cool. Yeah. Very. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I I will say, in addition to that, I thought the voices of Mavi and Angel were really clear, really distinct. Um, I felt that they had, I, I thought it was probably very hard to write in characters that had totally different, for the most part, um, for most of the book, totally different vocabularies, um, totally different world perspectives, um, and to hold that together. And I thought that for, you know, majority of the book was really impressively done. Mm. So, yeah. Um, so speaking of what Jeanette said, this book was billed as a horror thriller, which is why she opted out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for those of us who have read it and, and for those of us who have read the highlights, what <laughs> elements of that worked in this novel and which just totally did not? Oh, man. <sighs> okay. I'm going to just stay positive. Because I, I can still stay positive. Whenever you start like that, it makes me nervous. Because <laughs> there was a lot in this book. And I know we're going to go further into it. So we are. We are. We've, got a lo- we've got a while to go. Right. <laughs> I wish, because I'm not a horror person as well. Um, I was okay. going to stop if it was going to get too much. But, like, I, you know, it wasn't that scary. But I think the sh- Shannon... Sharon, Shannon, Sharon, 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 Sharon element, I think would have been such a good horror element. And if she focused on that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That little girl shows up one time. Yeah. And then like never again. And you're like, well, was that just a a thing? And then there's, and then the reveal, like, yeah. And, but I mean, like Sharon was clearly a little effed up. Yeah, and yeah. that could have, I feel like, could have been fleshed out so much more, and would have made a much more compelling, horror-y story. Right. Yeah, I feel like it just didn't completely commit to yeah. either being a horror or a thriller. Really, there yeah. were elements, I guess, or little pieces. There were like there'd be paragraphs where I was like, oh, that was vaguely creepy. Because I, I also mm-hmm. don't like scary things. I was a little worried going into this book that I wouldn't be able to handle it, like apparently all of us. <laughs> and it really, I, it wasn't 
very horrific, which I'm, I mean, I guess I'm glad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was able to sleep at night, but it, I don't think it did enough. Right. I think some of the horror elements that really worked for me at the time, which then looking back at it, I was like, oh, well, now I can explain that away. Mm-hmm. Um, during the possessions, when when you first mm-hmm. see possessions, when you first see the <laughs> others, and I'm doing others in quotation, the others <laughs> um, <clears throat> like sucking on the, uh, the little girls. Mm-hmm. And then you see people being the little, and you see the ghosts, ghosts also in quotations um being the little girls and the way they move and like the creepy way they crawl and the creepy way they keep like hitting the hitting the walls and stuff like that like that paragraph or that like visual was really awful when i was reading it um again not enough probably to keep me up at night but it was awful and i was like oh if this is where it's gonna go then this could get really scary. But that was mm-hmm. probably the scariest paragraph I read. Mm. Well, for me, yeah. at mm-hmm. least, I was think that section. Maybe the scariest or the creepiest was when the 10th girl first was coming out of the closet and like her oh, description yeah. of the closet. Yeah, was, that was, yeah, was, that was creepy. creepy. But again, Very yeah, it was, ring. Like, it was like a paragraph. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it moved on. Yep. Right. It didn't like stay. It didn't like have those beats that kept you suspensed. Right. right. Yep. It was missing those those steady suspension beats. Yep. Um, well, would you have chosen since we all agree we weren't really like that creeped out? <clears throat> would you choose a different genre for this book? Uh, I would, but I don't know what. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Like I mean, it's when they when, when some places they mush together fantasy sci-fi. Right, right. That's true. It, like, I would say maybe speculative fiction mm. based on what we know by the end. But I mean, right. even then, that stuff isn't really fleshed out really well. You know, like. Ugh. Well, that's that's the problem with the book. Right. Is it's doing too many things and doesn't follow through on them. Yeah. So I guess this is pretty much a good time to ask you. We've listed a few. I've listed a few of the potential books that are in this book. And maybe you guys can help me decide what you all think is the main plot line. So we've got a ghost story. Right. Solidly, I think from we've got a ghost story in this Argentinian mansion. And there's these uh, and there's these situations going on. We've got Angel's search for his mother, which is in part also the video game story, but those might be able to be broken apart. Mm-hmm. We've got a coming of age story with Mavi, with her um, as a young woman coming to uh, escaping her past and coming to the school. And then we've got this sort of background B plot of all of these Argentinian myths, which is sort of woven along all three of those, right? It's a part mm-hmm. of Angel's story, it's part of Mavi's coming of age story, and it's part of the ghost story in general. So, of those, like, three, <laughs> what do you think is the main point of this book? I have, I know what my answer <laughs> <laughs> Well, the problem is you think it's, like, one or two of those things until about, what, maybe 50 pages to the end when you get the twist? Mm-hmm. And then everything that you thought you knew doesn't really 
mean the same thing anymore or mean anything really. (laughs) Um, And so, well, you heard Tara mention it in one of the plot lines, but huge spoiler, I guess if, (laughs) if you're planning to read this book, it's going to, if you know it ahead of time, it's going to completely change your, your view of the book. Maybe for the better. I, well, yeah, that's actually, that was one of my questions. The, the whole, like this ended up being a video game the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it like well it took away the ghost story because then it wasn't a ghost story right, right? um it's not really a coming of age for mavi anymore I mean, other real. than what she's programmed for because she's a video game character you know like it changes everything and i just don't really know what to do with it <laughs> right you think this book is about mavi with the background character of angel and mm-hmm. it becomes a story about angel with the background character of mavi Right. Um, at the twist. And the twist only happens like 50 or so pages before the end. Yeah. Something, something, like, that. something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's a good mm-hmm. three quarters of the way through for sure. Yeah. What do you think, Susan? What do you think is the main <laughs> plot? So I just, I just want to say like, this is the story that I wanted to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But I think I agree with Meredith. It is really just Angel Story with the video game twist, which is just so not great for me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I wish that wasn't the main story. Or but, if that had been the main story, let me well, have known that. Exactly. Like, that was my question. If we had known from the beginning, if we had gone in knowing this was a video game and maybe only had it from Angel's perspective, mm-hmm. going in, playing the game with him, and then the the avatars and everything start becoming aware, start right. changing. Yeah, you know, and then I, he has I to figure that... out why they were changing. Why were they acting this way when they shouldn't be? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Right. I'm not gonna lie. I would have read that book. <laughs> I read that book. Especially yeah. like the, the, his mother wrote a story that's like seeped in Patagonian myths and Argentinian myths, and he's trying to find out more about her, and he's depressed. Like, yeah, there, there could have been a lot of really good. Um, mental health stuff in that there could have been exactly instead all mm-hmm. of those themes are just sort of skimmed mm-hmm. right yep right um, and we just get these like flashbacks of his actual right. life mm-hmm. trying well, to explain why he's feeling the way he's feeling or what's happened in his life to bring him mm-hmm. here and and so i feel like this could have been two different books i like just having it be the ghost story i think could have been really cool to have yeah. like a ghost story set at this creepy boarding school at the end of the world, that would have been cool. And I was excited had... about time traveling ghosts. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was a unique, neat thing. Um, and, and sad that didn't like pan out for me. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's the problem. You end up feeling disappointed and or just tricked because not only was it written like even the publishers are purposefully putting you onto a path of what mm-hmm. you think the book is. Yes. They are totally manipulating you with the way they writ- wrote the sum- with synopsis for sure. Yeah. So right. I have a question about that um, because there was a genre that you guys didn't touch on when you guys were thinking about all the genres in this book, but if it had been billed as a mystery, mm. would that have been a better like branding you know, I do think ultimately that's what this probably is. Yeah, Jeanette, mm. I think right I think on right. right on the nose. 
And sometimes you need someone a little bit further away to do that yeah. for you. So thank you. Thanks, um, Jeanette. Well, because that's what I kept feeling when I was reading through the highlights. And I, um, I felt like I was missing a lot of information. And uh, I felt, well, obviously I was missing a lot of information because I was reading highlights. But I felt like I was supposed to be trying to figure things out. And I, without that, the rest of the book, I definitely wasn't figuring things out. But now hearing you talk about all the things that were missing and all the people searching for things. And I was like, well, that all sounds like mystery plot lines. You so know, if we just had a, been told, Hey, this is a Gothic mystery. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of um, you saying that totally reminded me of the tone with, um, do you, do you ladies remember the manual of detection? Yes. Oh my God. Ago? Yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting the vibe now. Like mm. the, the feel of it, not necessarily the, like the plot, but like the yeah. feel of it. Like I'm feeling is on a similar level with the manual of detection. It's been so long, but yeah. I, I could see that. I honestly could. Yeah. Like a little <sighs> dark, a little mysterious, like what's going on, you know, not necessarily scary. It's just, there's just something well, off. Yeah, and that right. book, if I'm recalling correctly, so for listeners, the Manual of Detection was a book we read very, very early in the infancy of the yep. book club itself, pre-podcast. Um, and that book, I believe, was billed as a sci-fi mystery or something like that. Oh, I don't remember that much, hmm. but yeah. Yeah, but that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to read that one, because that one was my pick but way back when. It was a good pick. But, <laughs> it was interesting. a good pick. So, yeah, I, the, the, well, the truth of the matter is the way this book ended up being written is very hard to categorize. Yeah. But I think mystery might be the best kind of overarching <laughs> genre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, true. So now that we do know it's a video game, right? I, some of us are gamers here. I'd say we've, 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 we put in a few hours between <laughs> ourselves um, on the good old consoles. Um, <laughs> do you think it was a good video game? And are there side quests uh, that you would have been drawn to? This would have been a game I would not have played. Um, especially if they were billing it as horror. Because mm-hmm. like Resident Evil, House on Hunt Hill, I think is what it is. Um, those games I do not play. I do not touch them. I do not play them. So I would be like, no, it's not because it's not a game I would play, period. Well, the book <laughs> is billed as horror, but I think the, the um, game itself is like more mystery set yeah, in a well, creepy mansion but, book. But see, creepy game. mansion right there. It's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not even sure if I'm going to play Luigi's Mansion. So, <laughs> oh, Susan. <laughs> So cute. Oh, like, yeah. It, like, yeah, just the, the horror parts. Like, they had a little horror part in Crafted Yoshi's world. Mm-hmm. And, like, that creeped me out. Like, <laughs> I would have probably not played it. <laughs> we know the type of game Susan yep. plays <laughs> very clearly. Yes. <laughs> See, and, and maybe it's because I am not a gamer. I didn't grow up playing video games. I haven't played much in my life in the way of video games that... 
it's hard for me to grasp everything. Like as as we were going over this in book club and Tara was like, oh, well then, well, may- okay, I can see this and I can see that and this. And like when you were saying that, I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But I never would have connected the dots. Well, a good example of that and just to give an example is you mentioned you're like, and yeah, there's like two books suddenly appear on the library and they have exactly what we need. So you're like, what's up with that? I was like, that's very video game. Yep. It's very like you walk into the library and you, you, you have like, Oh, you see like that book is shimmering. I'm going to walk up to that book and open it up. Oh, look, it has exactly what I need. And I've been looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's only when I looked back and thought about it as a video game, like, Oh, those, things all made so much more sense suddenly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Hmm. I, I, yeah, this this book has me, like, shrugging my shoulders a lot. <laughs> but, um, so, are there any quests I would have been drawn to? Um, I mean, the whole, like, Zapuche tribe myth stuff... Oh, yeah. Like, if we'd been able to, like, go on a quest to figure out how to free those, what, spirits or whatever that had been put into butterflies that they talked about. Oh, or, wild. Yeah. Or, like, gone out and explored the area. Well, I mean, exploring the mansion would be cool, but also, like, going and exploring the area outside or, I don't know. I would have eaten that up completely. Right? <laughs> I would have loved that. I, I mean, but I'm a mythology nerd, of course. So, oh, yeah, I would have died to be able to go out and save the butterfly spirits. And that would have been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Right? I think it would be so cool. And also because I don't like scary things. So maybe that would have been less scary. That's true. <laughs> less scary, the better. <laughs> uh, so we all know what the twist was now. We know the twist was that it was really a video game all along. Um, <laughs> did... Just the way you put it was, like, enough. (laughs) I think think we know. Uh, But how did you feel about it? And did you see the twist coming at all? So, I hate it. Um, It's very much, it's been a dream all along, you know. Um, I don't don't think I really saw it coming. I think I I didn't want to because that's not the ending kind of ending I like. Um, Mm -hmm. but I had like suspicions, right? Oh, did you? Yeah. Cause it was like, you know, the chapters go back and forth between Angel and Mavi. And then with Angel, it says like month 2020. And I mean, my question was, why does it matter? All you need to know is that he's from the future and he's a ghost. (laughs) Why do you need to know the year? Why do you need to know the month? What are these numbers below? the the Mm -hmm. the timestamp right so i knew it had to be something more that because i was thinking like it can't just be like she wanted to use modern references so she's stuck in a future ghost so i had like suspicions but i didn't i wasn't really going for that twist susan did you have the hardcover no book by any chance no i was listening to the audiobook when you take off the sleeve of the hardcover the entire um book is embossed with binary oh my god seriously and like here's the thing about this i (sighs) i figured that out before we started reading this book and i still because i wasn't predisposed to this twist Mm -hmm. right 
I still didn't call it. And I'm, I like to think I'm good at that. Sure. Yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I even said to Meredith, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I was like, look, why do you think there's binary on the cover? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so you might have had more help if you had a hardcover. Yeah. But if you had the Kindle or the audiobook, you didn't even have that. I, I was trying to figure out the whole time. I was like, well, what is going to be the twist? And I, you know, I didn't really come up with any good ideas. Definitely didn't come up with the actual twist idea. That's <laughs> for sure. Um, because it doesn't really make any sense yeah. with the context of what we were given. Um, so, yeah, it made me angry because I don't think it was an earned twist. I don't think mm-hmm. that there was enough really there to have it make sense. So, yeah. So let's talk about that because I, I, I don't I agree and disagree with you because I think like in retrospect, like what we did at Real Life Book Club, in retrospect, there's a ton of clues um, I think the biggest problem is that they actively avoid using obvious video game language yeah. in yes. Angel's ter- Like, to the point where, like, no one would talk about a video game like this. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you would just never not use the term avatar. You would never, like, you would never not say PC or NPC. Or, that's like, very true. Oh, that, that's another player. Like, they call each other others. Yeah. No one would do that. That's yeah. true. It was, it was just very strange how much I, I think they felt they needed to obscure. Now, obscuring a little bit so that it wasn't a ton of a tip-off because he's already known. He already he already comes out and says, I'm a gamer. He comes out and says, I'm a gamer from, like, moment one. Like, I played an RPG and I, I was Hercules or Athena and da-da-da-da-da. So if he used video game language, it wouldn't have been crazy, right? Right. But it, it, he, they go so far that he just doesn't even, that like there's no hints there. I think that's yeah. what bothers me is that like they on purpose, like yes. totally mm-hmm. go away from the norm to hide the fact like this big twist, you know, it's yeah. not, it's not real. It's not realistic in that sense, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So not I think believable. instead of us feeling go. like, instead of us feeling like where we do in, books where there are good twists like we're there with you and we Sherlocked parts of it out right. and the twist feels good instead because it was so obscured we, we feel a little bit tricked mm-hmm. yeah I think yeah yeah and that's not that's not how you want your readers to feel that you were actively obscuring things just to trick them yeah right. you want them to feel proud you want them to feel like oh my god I got it like oh this yeah. was the thing not what? Or, oh, I knew a little bit of that. See, right there. Right. I kind of thought that right there. Exactly. Yes. Um, we. I don't think any of us felt that way. No. <laughs> Which, like when I got there, to... I was just like, "What?" You know, I was confused, mm-hmm. and then I was angry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like not not how you want your readers to be. Which again, when yeah, I look the... back, I notice some beats in there that clearly, okay, this is this is a video game thing. That's a video game thing. That's a video game thing. But it was impossible at the time to identify it as that. Mm-hmm. To connect because, the dots. Yeah. And that's some that's coming from someone who is a gamer. I'm, I'm a not gamer. even a I'm yeah. not even a gamer. So I had no chance. Right, right. That's what I found interesting was that when I was listening to Tara talk about this book the other day, Tara said, I felt cheated. Mm-hmm. And like that, like if this is all a game, 
nobody should be cheating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm bumped. No, like not as a joke, but you know what I mean? Like, except for when you're Mario Kart and you cheat all the time. So just saying. <laughs> built into the game. You are meant to cheat in Mario Kart. No, the, the computer I mean, they cheats. gave you the bananas. The computer <laughs> cheats. No, it's, uh, I love the game. I love Mario Kart. It's just they cheat. <laughs> oh, we know, Susan. We know. <laughs> I still have scars from Susan's Mario Kart playing. Sorry. <laughs> They're all emotional now. It's fine. I love so, the game. <laughs> We've talked a lot about how Angel is its seemingly the main character, but you have to admit that the end is Mavi's end, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So Mavi, Mavi in her quest of self-discovery, finding out she's an avatar, then be essentially body snatching a whole bunch of innocent people um, at the end. Uh, so for those of you who didn't read and now do not plan to read, just so to know, at the very end, all the NPCs, non-player characters, right? all the NPCs that we meet, Mavi and the little girls and some of the teachers, they are able to find a backdoor exit out of the game. And in doing so, they essentially take over the bodies of the players. Um, yes. And so, for instance, like, an old dude now is like Jessamine, the eight-year-old. Um, you know, interesting. How do we feel about Mavi's whole quest of self-discovery? How do we feel about that body snatching <laughs> ending? <sighs> I just felt like the book after the twist, it just fell apart. Yeah. Um, because suddenly Mavi, you know, Angel tells Mavi, oh, well, actually, this is a video game and you're not a real person. And... You know, there's maybe a couple of paragraphs where she's like, oh, I don't believe you, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly she's like, well, I believe you. And now I have all of this knowledge about, uh, you know, software development. And um, <laughs> let's see, what was this this quote? Um, so she's talking about the game. So she said, if it was created by a man, it will have flaws, back exits, exits that can be patched if the creator knows I'm looking. So she wants to throw them off her scent. How... How would she know about back exits and patching software if she was a create or she was a character created to live in 1978 Argentina? Even if you could argue back exits because houses always had weird exits to mm-hmm. it, patching is right. 100% yeah. a computer. <laughs> right. Right. Just, patching. Yeah. Like all of a sudden she has all this knowledge. Like that is so frustrating when the character's like, I have all the knowledge now. Okay, I and was there's told no, what's going on. there's no point that explains it no. either. Like, right? Like, no. Like None. maybe she went into the library and found code that ga- like matrixed like, her up. You know? <laughs> yeah. Now I like, know dust jacket and saw the binary code. And or was like, like this, right, you know, <laughs> may, maybe Angel's mom put something in there that like once she but knows, but it was never that, like, explained. Right? It never says that. It could have. Right? It could, it could have, have. Yes. put that in. It still would have been like, you know, not the greatest explanation but yeah. something not just like i'm not a real person but now i know all of these things about creating my game and right I, how would she know about like going into the the user you know it's like why are right. why is she all of a sudden like ghost in a shelling here like how would she know this <laughs> you know oh and then did it say somewhere i feel like tara you brought this up too where like as soon as after that she was like 
oh, I I need a body. I feel this need to have a body. Oh, my gosh. She's like, like, I miss a body. I'm like, you don't know what that even means. You don't have the conceptualism. You don't have the ability to conceptualize what that means. Um, Yep. Yeah. It was, I was with this book until pretty much the body snatching we're going to get out plot line. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it worked. Yeah. Is so weird. Because am I supposed to be happy? Because I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Right. No. I'm not yeah. happy you stole the bodies of these people with families. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably know. the horror part of it. Like, is that it? I mean, I guess I don't. I mean, that it is could one of the more be. horrific parts. It but it's written be. as like a happily ever after ending. It does. Yes. It's written like, hey, now we can be together. I'm mm-hmm. Mavi. And they You're only an touch. Angel. They only touch on the fact that these users were confused and was experiencing schizophrenia for a little time and then was <laughs> fine, just a little different. Like, it was very what's odd. Here? It was bizarre. I, that, that, You're an eight-year-old girl trapped in an good. old man's body. I think that is a horror movie. Like, why would anyone... Yeah. That, that, that's, that, that sounds awful. Yeah. I feel like it's very insensitive to the diagnosis of schizophrenia, honestly. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. So, okay. Clearly, there are things we do not like about this book. Um, yes. Could we have rewritten it? Uh, what would you have done to make it better? Yeah, well, like what I brought up before, if we had gone in knowing it was a video game, mm-hmm. had it from Angel's perspective and watched its things changed or things glitched or, you know, whatever, if she really yeah. wanted to go that way. Um, but I think if she still wanted to keep it as a ghost story for the most of it and then make the twist of the the video game and then them trying to get out... I think it would have been more of a horror ending if Mavi makes it to uh, Sharon's exit point and like she thinks she's she's going to do it. She's going to get out. She goes through and then she loops right back to the beginning of the story. Ooh, and yeah. she's like and she knows that she is now in this infinite loop and she knows it's not real. It's very Matrix. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I like both those. They're really good. I would have cut Angel's POV completely till the epilogue. Um, mm. I would have had this completely from Mavi's point Just of Mavi's. view. Just Mavi's. Yeah. I, okay. I I would have really upped the uh, Sharon interactions with Mavi. Like we say, there's only one little girl interaction. I would have upped that. Right. Uh, I would have kept that suspense beat. I would have like had like pieces of her floating around. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely would have had Mavi noticing. She does. She notices the difference in what's going on with Domingo. Uh, but I would have had more of that. Um, and then I would have had him rock her world like by, by giving the twist. Like, you're not real. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 would have, I would have changed a lot of how that last 50 page beats <laughs> happen. Like, just the dismemberment thing and Sharon being like some weird comic book villain was hard for me just didn't work um, yeah i would have had the villain actually be a program inside the video game i think sharon would have been better off or the 10th girl would have been better off being a program that was designed mm. to keep that to keep the npcs sort of away from what the pcs were doing mm. you know so like I, I, like 
she's the cage, not an actual person doing weird, odd things. Um, and then I would have had her try to get out. I, I would have had, like, with with Angel's help, try to get out. Um, and then I think the epilogue would have been he tries to restart the game and the game can't load. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, essentially, nice. like, um, like, they break the game and she's gone forever. Right. I think... Yeah. I think that's where I would have, I would have maybe have taken it if if I wanted to keep all of the beats pretty much the same, which is a ghost story that turned into a video game twi- twist. Mm-hmm. That's how I would mm-hmm. maybe have done it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's I interesting. And I really had to think about it though, because it's hard. It's hard to meld those two things. <laughs> it it <laughs> very much is. Um, well, see, that's yeah. why, like my like. I don't have like an ending, but I would have just completely taken out the video game element. Like what is with the color codes? Like why? Why <laughs> color codes? <laughs> just It's like, it's <sighs> a thing between him and his mom, right? Or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's so like, yeah, there's too, yeah, just too much. There's just so much going on. I yep. just don't think, usually I love multiple POVs or I find multiple POVs interesting. I just really think there's two unique stories here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's Mavi's story and there's Angel stories. And I don't think you can properly tell both in one novel. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. like, that's kind of what I was going, the direction I was going with your question, Tara, was yeah. like, how would you rewrite it? I would not have the video game aspect at all. I would yeah. have it where Angel, what happened to be a ghost in the future, and mm-hmm. so he brought up like his mom t- telling him about Argentina and Patagonia yeah. and how it was beautiful in this house. And I was like, oh my God, what if like Mavi is like one of his ancestors and there's oh, something going nice. on mm-hmm. and then Angel's from the future and he happened to like meet his ancestor because he lost his mom and now he gets to connect with an ancestor and like help with this thing, coming of age thing that she's having. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I and it's would've... like Mavi is his grandma. Or some like great like great grandmother, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Like just like a descendant and he figures out, oh, like she is actually related to me and like there's this like family connection that right. brings mm-hmm. the story together. You know? Oh, uh, that would have been great too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. no video mm. games. <laughs> I mean it's it's really too bad though, isn't it? The yeah. premise was so interesting and there's, then the there's... execution. Yeah, there's a lot of good things in here. There's yeah. just too much. Yes. Yeah. It, nothing is satisfied. Um, and that's that's a frustrating thing to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, I, I think we... Oh, sorry. Any last thoughts on that? No, I was just saying, it was, it was, I think it was a big risk for a debut. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, and listen, I think she did a lot of it pretty... The writing, as we said, was pretty good. Um I, you know, I do, as much as I just said, I don't think you can do both Mavi and Angel stories, or at least Mavi and Angel's POVs, um, and I still don't think you can. Um, I, I think she her attempt at it was admirable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the writing of it was admirable. The way those two, commu- like, Mavi's point of view and Angel's point of view are distinct and interesting for a lot of the book for me. Um, so, so pretty much, uh, gold star. You wrote a book. <laughs> well, yeah, you know that's yeah, maybe. a for effort. <laughs> I mean, you wrote an ambitious book. Yeah, it was gold really star, long. You didn't. Yeah, you didn't. You did not pull punches. You had an idea. You executed on that idea. Um, yeah, yeah, it just didn't. It didn't all yeah. the way work out. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's true. It wasn't just like a regurgitation of some story we've heard no, a million times. It, it, right. Yeah, it, it's true. You know, it's not a fairy tale retelling that I just didn't like. Mm-hmm. There's plenty mm-hmm. of those. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this was an attempt at a really unique original story. And it just didn't end up, yeah, being completely satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I agree. as Tomi said last night in her, our talk, she was like, you know, your first book is really like your thesis paper. You learn from it. <laughs> yeah. um, yep. So I think I know how we're all going to answer this question, but we ask it every time. So make, I'm gonna it, ask official. Again. make it official. Um, did you like the book and would you recommend it? No and no. <laughs> and no, I wouldn't recommend it because I don't know who to recommend it to. Yeah. You know, like, cause I know, I know I've read books I didn't like, but I was like, oh, this friend might actually like this book, even though I didn't sure. like it. Right. But yeah. I honestly don't know who I would recommend this to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, I wanted to like this book so much. <laughs> I really did. There's so much in it that I wanted to like. But in the end, those last 50 pages, I just can't say wholeheartedly that I particularly liked this book. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can't imagine who to recommend it to. Now, I will say, caveat, I imagine I may talk about this book a lot in the future. But this, mm. this is a book that will, in, in some ways, good and bad, stay with me. Right. Um, I, I think there was some interesting things here, interesting themes. I, but yeah, in, in the end... Um, yeah, I just don't think I could recommend it. Not a great positive experience. <laughs> at, at the end, at the end. Right, um, yeah. Hopefully that will not be true for our next book. Um, our next book on Eclectic Readers is The Starless Sea by Erin Morgenstern. And if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because she is the author of The Night Circus. Woo! Yes, Yay! it's her second book. Yes. We are doing... Our- <laughs> darndest to not get overhyped about it's gonna this be book, terrible yeah. it's gonna be terrible yeah, yeah no it's gonna be We're the worst trying. it's gonna be, it's gonna be <laughs> the worst thing since the flame alphabet as we can say <laughs> um but we're all pretty thrilled that this is our next book and we're pretty excited so hopefully you'll join us uh when we read the starless sea yes yes and if you would like to check out our show notes and see more about all the books we've talked about today, you can go to eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 72. It's our 72nd episode, guys. Um, and where can people find you guys on the internet, Susan? Uh, well, people can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and let's see at Rurikaicho. That's R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. How about you, Tara? You can find me on Goodreads and Twitter at my name, which is Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. Also, I am playing around uh, with, I just literally just did this, so there's like nothing on here. But I have got the Instagram handle Novelly Newman. That's a cute so, name. Thanks. So uh, there's like no content on there right now. But if you want to follow me, there As will the be. grows. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can do it there. You can say you were there first if you go. <laughs> exactly. What about you, Meredith? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Litzy, and Goodreads under Mare the Book Gal. M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. And you can find me on 
Goodreads and Litzy at J-M-T-R-I-V-E-R-A. That's J-M-T Rivera. And on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette, D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. And if you would just like to follow us as a whole, keep track of what we're reading, uh, see our fancy book pictures, you can find the podcast on Goodreads, Litzy, and Instagram at Eclectic Readers and on Twitter at Eclectic Read Pod. And make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us and listen to the show. And then when you're talking about this amazing podcast at your next holiday party, somebody else will be like, I just saw that on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it for us. So let's show this until next month. Bye. Bye. Bye.